The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter in each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence. You are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 85. That's crazy. You know, every time you say that, I'm just like, wow, I've actually had some sort of schedule for 85. I don't want to say weeks, but 85 instances. (laughs) Well, not consecutive weeks at the very least. Yes. Yes. I'm very proud. And uh, you're proud. That's good. I'm feeling good now. Oh, feeling better than I did. I think I've been like sick in some way, shape or form for like the last two episodes. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. So you're uh, healthy and hopefully not dying host of the day are Chris and Savannah, who's definitely not dying. Good. So I'm closer to death than you are, but I think I'm on the mend. Good. Good. You sound like it. Yeah, last week I was a little tired, but I don't even know if you could tell. The edit seemed fine. But anyways, that was then. This is now. Hello, welcome to the show. Glad that you're here for the week with us, hanging out, listening to music, talking about music, because you know that's what we do here on the show. So if you like what you see and or hear today, because there's many ways to listen and or watch the show, make sure you do one, at least bare minimum, one of the six things I'm about to list. Like, subscribe, rate, share, comment, follow. That is six things you could do. One, many or all of them. Regardless, it always helps us build into the algorithm more eyes and is on the prize we want more people like you to check this out and be part of the community so please go ahead and do at least one of those things super duper appreciated i'm trying to do like hand movements um while you're speaking and the my default is just a thumbs up um so if you could only list two things so it actually looks like i'm making sense that would be perfect well that just means you're constantly agreeing with me then yes it's pretty good i agree with yeah, what you're saying yeah. yeah yeah it's like a um a foreign tourist and they're like yeah yeah and you're just like you have no idea what i'm saying right now <laughs> well another thing that you can thumbs up then is the fact that we want people to also check out rate the because there yeah. are so many go ahead thumbs up i'm waiting Wait for it. I, I was taking. There's my thumbs up. You could have done at least was, one. <laughs> well, I was I was taking a uh, a drink, so then my big mouth wouldn't interrupt you again. Yeah, but just thumbs up. Anyways, right the record. Yes, you can do many things over there, including finding all the streaming links that we have, all the social media links. If you want to follow us in uh, one of many places, you'll find that over there. You can request albums, which, by the way, I know we haven't done anything yet for season five. We have one coming up. And then in the second half of season five, we actually have quite a few. So don't worry. Yes, they are coming. And especially the two of you who requested things in season four. Those are coming, too. I promise. Regardless, you could do that. We have merch that you can get that I was going to wear today, but I wore my Met shirt instead. Uh, and Savannah has her mug, though. Look at that. Oh, yeah. yes. Fancy, awesome, sexy, fantastic mug. Heck yes, I came prepared. And there's also the RTR Club, which you can join for five bucks a month if you want uh, early access to content, bonus content. We'll review your band's music, give you a shout out, all that kind of fun stuff. Everything that I just listed, you can do at ratetherecord.ca. So make sure that's bookmarked on your phone, your desktop, wherever you're doing. And just uh, uh, hang out. Why not? Um, I could give you a bunch of reasons why not, but none of those matter. Go to ratetherecord.ca. Yeah, I was going to say, can you please tell people not to, to like to like? Can you tell them to not avoid it or whatever? I, I don't know. Tell them to go there. That's all I want to say. You know, we should hide like a little Easter egg type thing in there and hold a contest. And who can find it just to rank up the hits for the website? 
That was originally the RTR merch link when I didn't tell anyone for like a good five, six weeks in the beginning of season five. I was like, by the way, it's there. Not like anyone cares, but it's there. How'd it you guys miss it? Duh. Uh, well, anyways, uh, we're so desperate to get people onto this uh, show with us. And if you've been here before, you already know that. You know how desperate we can get. So, hey, welcome back. Uh, glad you're here. So you're not obviously not part of the problem because you are part of the solution that we're looking for. And if you're new here, welcome to the solution. <laughs> we're very happy to have you here and uh, so you can hang out with us. And I didn't say the other type of solution. OK, so don't don't do that. No, I know exactly where you're going. This is the good one. This is the, the happy ending. <laughs> then reel it right back to where we should be. <laughs> exactly. Wow. I've, I've uh, derailed this really hard. But then again, I derail shit all the time. That's what we do here on the show. But we also do other things. So if you don't know, I'll let you know right now. So each week, Savannah and I will choose an album that could be completely at random for any reason or no reason at all. We also take requests. As I mentioned earlier, we got mo way more coming up in season five. We do anniversary albums as well. We've done plenty and there's plenty more coming up too. But regardless, we will take an album. We'll discuss it at length from front to back. We rank the songs and then we rate the rate Record. You know, there, there, there has to be like a, like a good one second or half second delay on your end, because whenever you think that you're right on, you're actually yeah. usually off. And okay. it shows in the YouTube video. You can hear it in the audio, too. Like it's endearing. It's Savannah can't listen. <laughs> so cute. We can it's blame, my brand. We can blame technology. It's OK. No, it's, it's my brain. I was trying to be nice for once, but if you really want me to hound you, I will. No, that's okay. It's the dynamic. I just, I'm, I'm the whipping boy. It's okay. I understand. The whipping post or something along the lines Yeah, of that. something like that. I don't really know. All right. Well, if I'm not going to hound Savannah, I guess we should start talking about today's episode then. Episode 85. We are taking a look at the musical legend chameleon himself, David Bowie, and his 1980 album, Scary Monsters and Super Creeps. Ooh, something I only knew two songs off of, so this was exciting for me. Oh yeah, one of them for sure. I don't, well, I'm trying to think of the other one you would know if it's not the title track. Uh, no, then, it's definitely not the title track. Um, yeah. Well, regardless, see. I know that you, you probably know Ashes to Ashes like most people do. Yes, and Fashion. Okay, yeah, I guess that, that's awesome. all, although I didn't really hear that until I heard this album in the first place, funny enough. Ooh, interesting. Uh, but yeah, before anyone starts asking, well, why aren't you doing Ziggy Stardust? Well, why don't you request it then? I, I could have chosen that one, but I wanted to do Scary Monsters because, I, yes, I, I chose the album today. So uh, I guess I'll tell you a little bit about Mr. Bowie and this album. But I will preface everything by saying, listen, David Bowie has a gigantic, colossal biography, okay? Like, it is... It's one of those things, kind of like when Savannah did Michael Jackson, where we don't have the time of day to sit here and read his entire uh, yeah. biography. I'm going to yada, yada, yada so much of this shit just to kind of give you the, the points of his life here, the good ones. Uh, then we're going to talk about the album. If you want to read more on David Bowie, I suggest you do it. There's tons of reading. There's probably documentaries galore as well. So go ahead, do it at your own discretion and uh, have fun with that. But here is the very condensed version of it. So, David Robert Jones, a.k.a. David Bowie, was born January 8, 1947 in Brixton, London, England, and passed away on January 10, 2016 in New York City, mere days after the release of his final album, Black Star. David was introduced to American music when his father brought home records by artists and bands such as Little Richard, That's Domino, and Elvis Presley. His dad became very encouraging of him to pursue a life as an entertainer. 
While in high school in 1962, Bowie befriended Peter Frampton and an artist by the name of George Underwood. George went on to uh, design album covers for bands such as Bowie, T-Rex, Procol Harum, and way more than that as well. George would also be significant in unintentionally giving Bowie his signature look, the permanently large dilated pupil known as Anasocoria. God, I practiced that name too. (laughs) Anasocoria, that's what it is. Uh, If you don't know what that is, just look at a picture of David Bowie's face. Look at his eyes. You'll know exactly what I mean. It's extremely noticeable. Uh, The two got into a fight over a girl and George punched David in the left eye. After months of procedures and hospitalizations, the doctors were unable to fix the condition. So it is as you see in pictures today, even up to the point of his death. So once again, just Google his face if you haven't seen the eye thing. I don't know how you would have missed it, though. Through high school, Bowie was in a few different bands, such as the Conrads, the King Bees, the Manish Boys, and the Lower Third. Uh, we're going to fast forward, yada, 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 a whole bunch to do here. Bowie would release his self- debut self-titled album in 1967, and from there he would release noteworthy albums that garnered much attention, such as Space Oddity, Ziggy Stardust and Spiders from Mars, Aladdin Sane, Station to Station, and so many more. And like Almost everything he released in the 70s was fantastic. Anyways, I love them. Across the decades of his career, he had many accolades and recognitions. He's won multiple albums. No, he has multiple albums in Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list. He has sold over 100 million albums worldwide. Uh, he's won multiple awards, including Grammys and Brit Awards. He was named as a commander in both the Order des Arts et des Lettres in France. I don't speak French, so that's as good as you're going to get. And the Order of the British Empire. So just, again, huge biography. Just go read more, because I have to now start talking about Scary Monsters today's album. Scary Monsters in parentheses and Super Creeps is his 14th studio album was released on September 12, 1980. It was released through RCA Records and was recorded at Power Station in New York City and Good Earth in London. The album was produced by David Bowie and longtime collaborative producer Tony Visconti. Visconti also worked with bands such as T-Rex, Thin Lizzy, Bad Finger, The Moody Blues, Iggy Pop, and a massive amount more. Once again, another producer with just like a hell of a resume. The album had many guest appearances by other musicians, including Pete Townsend of The Who and Robert Fripp of King Crimson. The album received massive critical acclaim across the board. Blender, Q, and our good friends over at All Music gave it 5 out of 5. The Rolling Stone album guy gave it 4.5 out of 5. Spin and Encyclopedia of Popular Music gave it 4 out of 5. As of 2000, Q ranked it as number 30 in their 100 Greatest British Albums Ever list. Enemy has it listed at number 381 on their 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list. And Rolling Stone has it at 443 on theirs. The album went to number one in Australia, France, New Zealand, and the UK, as well as various other top 10 placements on other charts. The album went platinum in the UK, Australia, and Canada, and it went gold in France. The album spawned four singles, Ashes to Ashes, Fashion, which actually had Screaming Like a Baby as a B-side on it, Scary Monsters and Super Creeps, and Up the Hill Backwards. Mm, well, that's explaining a lot. Okay. Good to You're know. You're starting to see a pattern on this album here? I... I'm definitely starting to, yeah. Mm. Yep. Okay. When I'm listening to them, I'm thinking, oh, I like this one. Like I could, you know, I could listen to this. And I feel like out of the two of us, I am the barometer for what would make a radio single. And every time I'm doing the review, like, because if you're writing the intro, I'm not looking up the artist because I like learning while you're explaining it. And I'm like, oh, this would be a single. This has to be a single. Then when you list all of the ones I thought were singles, I'm like, nailed it. <laughs> I'm doing better. I guess I'm just more for the uh, the experimental crazy tracks. That's oh, just what I'm, yes. 
notice my Mets shirt. Uh, also, <laughs> speaking of noticing things too, just before we get started, I should have pointed this out. I have the vinyl for this one, by the oh, way. The nice. actual got uh, there's so much light, I can't even show it properly. David Bowie, Scary Monsters and Super Creeps. I have the actual vinyl for it. I've owned this for a while. It's it's up there as one of my favorite Bowie albums, but it's just one of those ones I like to listen to. So critiquing it was a very different process. I am scared because every time you say, oh, this one's one of my favorites, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> well, again, one of those ones to just like have on and enjoy. So yeah. we'll see exactly how, how well I think about it when we are actually critiquing it, which starts now, I guess. So song number one, it's No Game Part One. Okay, so first note is just interesting. Now, I'll probably be saying this about eight to ten times this review, almost every song I can say. That was interesting. Um, like I have, what the, uh, I can't I'm already type. lost. Yeah, it's second note, and I missed the word. All right, I have little idea what is going on right now, but I'm just jamming to the music. I found it hard to kind of find a vocal hook or something like a musical hook to grab onto. Um, maybe it's just like the main riff because that's really what repeats throughout, and that's what I remember. So could be that um, it was hard for me to get into the first couple of times, but the more I listened to it, it's like the more I knew what to expect. So it wasn't as bad the more that I was listening to it. This is definitely uh, not a one or two uh, time around album. Yeah, I, I guess the, the most catchiest part of this song is probably like literally the bass line itself. Do, 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 yeah. Do, do, do. Oh, and the bass. Mm, I'll get There's there. There's a lot of good bass moments on this album. Definitely. But yeah, it's funny how this song starts because thinking for the faintest moment that David Bowie was suddenly a Japanese woman. <laughs> it, it's not out of the realm of possibility considering like all the like image changes he's gone done throughout his career. So I mean like... I don't know what's going on here, but then I had to look at, I, there was, I found the artist's name. I don't remember what it was, but yes, yeah. uh, it starts with the Japanese woman talking over the uh, instrumental. So I was just like, what are we expecting here? But then, right. But then like David comes in, uh, there's like, there's a lot fairly straightforward about the song, like the main beat and rhythms all together, I think are more or less like pretty, just kind of like run in the mill, but like mm -hmm. then the vocals and lead guitar really add this like unhinged nature to the track. <laughs> so unhinged like bowie's just like cracking up not laughing but like his voice is cracking he just he, this is a guy who's like notoriously a good singer so when you hear yeah. him sing like this he's doing it intentionally like he's like he just his voice is cracking and screeching he's just kind of all over the place and then this guitar in the background like so it's just like wow we're, we're really kicking off here aren't we <laughs> oh my god so i don't have many notes for this song so they a lot of them are just hitting right off what you said um i like the squeaky guitars but they seem off but not too far off Okay, well, the guitars went a little off the rails at the end, but I love him yelling, shut up, shut up. Shut there's, up. Some, there's something about telling someone in your band to stop playing in the song. I, it's, I love it. I love that so much. I, I think, oh God, I'm, I have to go all the way back to my teen years when I actually used to own the Biscuit CDs. There was a song, <laughs> I believe, on $3 Bill Y'all, which was like their first album, um, where it's like, yeah, Fred at the end just keeps saying the word back, back, back. And then you hear the band members in the background, Fred, shut up, shut up, Fred. <laughs> and then Wes Borland just screams, Fred, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then you just hear Fred go, we're done. <laughs> 
it was such a weird end of the song so but like it stuck with me because like that's just it's so out of left field i always find that so funny where it's just you don't know if that's part of the song or if it's something that happened in studio that they put into the song so it's kind of blurring that line between was this crafted or not and i i always like listening to that but that the one by biscuit sounded pretty organic so yeah it, it could be planned out though i don't know what they throw yeah. like behind the scenes i i feel like um just just my idea of them is they would listen to the recording and go yeah let's keep it <laughs> that sounds cool but um, my, my last note just for this one is uh the more i listen to this the more i kind of find it oddly endearing hmm. i like it well, I mean, that's good because, yeah, the song does have like a fun flow to it, so it is enjoyable, but it probably didn't need to be as long as it was, though. The song's only four minutes and 17 seconds. Uh, probably could have been just as effective being a minute shorter. Uh, but also, again, with the you hear like sound effects in the beginning before the music even starts, too, so that takes up some of the runtime as well. Yeah. Uh, but we're not technically done with the song. We'll be back nine songs later, realistically. But for now, we'll move on to song number two, Up the Hill Backwards little folk rock ditty not bad so far um the excuse me there is like clicking in the intro and outro Which. there's something there's something about that that pleases me i Didn't like you that. say something like like last week the tragically hip yeah there was a click yeah. that i didn't even hear this time i did and actually yeah. I took a mental note I'm like i wonder <laughs> savannah's listening to this exact same clicking <laughs> yeah i there i don't know it's sometimes certain noises or certain sounds, I'm like, ugh, they didn't need that. But this one, I don't know whether it was just where it was placed uh, in the headphones, but it, it just felt natural. It felt like it had to be there. And then if it wasn't, I'm like, something feels like it's missing. So I don't know. It's something so small. But when you as a listener notice it, it becomes much bigger than just that small little part. Well, I'm I'm currently in the beginning process of writing new music for Frail State. So what you're saying is I need to add clicking for you to actually like it. Yes, yes. I will feature with the wood blocks and just go click, click. And that's it. That I'm, I'm not letting you anywhere my album. $1,000. That's it. You can tell me which one will work as a radio single. How about that? Sounds good. You're, you're not doing any clicking on my own. Okay. Okay, Chris, we're going to have to cut this down from 14 minutes to four. And you're like, all right, well, then that's it. Might as well scrap the whole record. Yeah, that was supposed to be three songs in one. I'm, <laughs> I'm an artist, damn it. Um, For but yeah, some reason, you're wearing a beret. Up the Hill Backwards. Uh, it, it's a fun song. And it's songs like this where you can hear like where like a lot of like post- punk and art rock style bands at the time got their influences from like uh talking heads for example mm -hmm. like a song like this i could hear david burns singing like absolutely yeah uh and that's not a bad thing too because i like talking heads um the break into the verse kind of killed it a little like the momentum that started the song that was kind of fun but the verse yeah. still ended up sounding good and being fun in its own way so despite the fact that it kind of clashed a bit still ended mm -hmm. up working so i like that i i found i I can't recall what other song it was, and I don't know if I wrote it down, but uh, there was definitely an instance later on that I recognize that I'm like, oh, I really like the intro. And as the lyrics come in, I'm like, yeah, I don't really like it that much. It's just it, it didn't have the same charm as when it was just opening the song. So I definitely understand that point. Um with this one, the melody sounds familiar, and maybe that's the reason I like it. I don't know. Maybe I've heard this song, but like 
decades ago in passing. I'm not sure. Um, I like it. It's a jam. It's a fun listen. And uh, just a note on one lyric line. I'm okay. And you're so, so makes me laugh a lot. <laughs> I like that. It's funny. Cause I like the idea that like n- neither one, either party is perfect at that point. Just, <laughs> I'm okay. You're eh. yeah. It's like, I, I'm a number six, but you're a five and a half. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're oh, no, you're like a four and a half. You're just below the halfway mark. Oh God. Ouch. <laughs> I'm, I'm the 5.5. You're the 4.5. <laughs> Oh God! Now that joke would only be relevant even more so if we actually end up trashing this album. But I just don't oh feel like that's going to happen. Oh my God! <laughs> um, we'll be B tier. One of uh, one of the things that I pointed on this song, which could be said about a lot of songs on this album, is like I've really digged the very ba- uh, playful bass line in this track. Oh my God! A lot of fun. Like yeah, they re- really play with the bass well. And this is also coming past uh, some of Bowie's other albums, like um, Young Americans and stuff like that. And Station to Station, where like the bass was a little funkier. Mm-hmm. So uh, that obviously carried over into this style of album. So that's really cool to hear. I like that. Um, part of me feels like this track is too short because it is only three minutes and fifteen seconds. But that, given like the short ver- uh, verse course combinations that were given throughout the track, I can't imagine too much else could fit in. Yeah. Uh, and. Yeah, then it made me realize, like, it didn't go overboard. I mean, like, I liked what I got, and I don't know if another verse would have done anything. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of at that conflicted stage, but I still leaning on the side that I like it, and, like, I think everything was well done for it. I think this was the only track that I actually looked up the lyrics, not for the lyrics themselves, but just for the format, because it did kind of feel like, re- I don't want to say repetitive song lyrics, but my my last note is just I noticed that I like repetitive song lyrics or no that I oh I like repetitive song lyrics and whatnot if the music is dynamic enough to keep my mind off of it. So I believe this one is just verse, chorus, verse, second verse, so it's longer, and then chorus. I think like music break or whatever, and then maybe a chorus again. It's just super simple um, format. But because the music is engaging enough, I didn't really notice that it seemed so basic and that it was just over three minutes. Like I I listened to it. I was like, I really like this. It was over. And that was it. I didn't want more. I wouldn't have cut anything. And like you said, I think it's it was good. And even with the repetitive lyrics, it's like, especially the refrain of it's got nothing to do with you if one can grasp it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just very catchy the way it's presented. Very singable. So, like, I don't even think about, like, how repetitive it could possibly be. I just have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice until I looked up the format. So I was like, this kind of seems. And then I looked and I was like, ah, yes. But it didn't. I don't know. It didn't bother me at all, which was nice for once. Good. Because, yeah, you sometimes get pretty picky with that shit. Uh, yeah, it big bucks to be honest. We will move on to song number three, the title track itself, Scary Monsters and Super Creeps. Okay. Now, I hope you know what I'm talking about, because if you don't, I will sound like a nut. The scaling down sound that intros this song sounds like a barking dog. Yes. Now I want to make a kids bop series, but with dogs. Oh, you could do what they did with the uh, the Jingle Cats. <laughs> yes, but I would like to sing like like a Cardi B song or like have not sing, but 
have it done uh, with just computerized dog barks. Oh, you could do like uh, what's that big hit? Uh, uh, Whop or whatever it was. Yeah, that was the one I was thinking. Wet ass puppy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I just give you a free song title. Quit my job any day now. Bark, bark, bark. That's some it. wet ass puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Macaroni in a pot. That's a wet ass puppy. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Okay. You will get thirty percent of songwriting credits. <laughs> All right. I got to get my royalties in there somehow. <laughs> Um, but yeah, for Scary Monsters, uh, I really love the energetic and like lively pacing of this song. Like the other two songs were fine. They had their own energy to them, but this mm -hmm. one's definitely like kind of a quicker pace. Uh, it's exactly the kind of track that's needed at this point already. We're only three songs in, but like you, you need this at this point now. Uh, and I think the guitars are probably my favorite part of the verses as fun as the verses can be because uh, you have like this quick strumming acoustic and then you have the, like this fun bouncy electric riff behind like everything else going on it's just a great pairing and it is like really well for the energy overall in this track so just i don't know that it catches your attention like right away and keeps it for pretty much the duration of the entire song Ooh, speaking of getting my attention what is this solo just after halfway is it this like is this a weird scale that i don't hear often or is this just like an after school guitar practice <laughs> Do you know who did guitar in this in this track? This particular song, God, yeah. part of me would want to say like Robert Fripp, but I doubt it. I think he would have been like uh, the probably the the last song before this, I think. Okay. Or the first song, maybe. Because that that solo just feels like I'm like holy shit. Let's see, scary. I'm looking right at the thing here. Yeah. Music and lyrics by Bowie uh, doesn't really tell you. Okay. Uh, sorry to everyone who's just chilling yeah. out and watching and waiting. I will. I will uh, talk about this whole. Um, what, what should we call? What should we call the kids' bop dogs? Uh, dogs bop. <laughs> Are you enjoying this, David Bowie? Kind of, speak, everybody. <laughs> yeah, just trying to to iron out the logistics here. That might just be uh, Carlos Alomar. Uh, or no, it is Robert Fripp. I think it actually oh. is because a Robert Fripp guitar oh, on fashion. It's no game. Scary monsters kingdom come up the hill backwards. Teenage wildlife. God, he was like all over this damn album. Dang. Oh, might as well have just join the band. Uh, he was very busy with King Crimson and King Crimson is fucking <laughs> awesome. That's another band we could probably do on the show one day. Um, but yeah, tell me that the chorus of this song isn't fucking awesome, though. Like, I, I've always really liked it. Uh, it's mm -hmm. super catchy, super singable. No matter if you want to go higher or low, you can find your range in there because there's both in it. Yeah. Uh, the chord changes uh, up to that kind of like constant running tense, what I thought was a minor chord. It was a super cool choice and everything like that. I just I, I adore this. And the ending's super fun, too. Like, it feels like a good uh, that last part of the song feels like a great crowd sing-along type of moment. Mm -hmm. So I don't, there's a lot to appreciate about this track. I can gush about it. Um, well, okay, now I'm going to say this, but it's not a negative. Um, so far, this album feels like a movie that I didn't care to watch, but by the time it's like a half hour in, I'm fully invested. Um, my, my next note goes with that first one. My brain hurts. But with the song title, perhaps it's purposeful. I don't know what's happening anymore. And this whole endeavor is taking me on a trip I wish I was high for. <laughs> and that was this song. <laughs> I mean, you could try, certainly try to get high for this album, see where it takes you. Yeah, well, why not? And then I come in, I'm like, it was the best thing ever. And you're like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> 
good. I'm right. glad you like that in some way, shape, or form. Exactly. Uh, before we move on to the next song, I will point out one more piece of vinyl that I have here. Uh, this this particular live album with Bowie and Nine Inch Nails. Uh, the what? reason the reason why I'm pointing is this is I was so surprised because this is like a limited edition type thing too. So I'm surprised that I got my hands on it. Nice. Um, there, there's a, a live version of Scary Monsters on here featuring Trent Reznor. This is back in 1995, by the way. Oh. Um, and it is one of my favorite versions of Scary Monsters too, because like Trent screaming the course in the background behind Bowie sounds super fucking awesome. Uh, God, I wish I could play it for the show, but uh, I just wanted to point this out because it's rare and I have no other excuse to show this off ever. So there you go. I'm sure they have it on streaming platforms or YouTube. I don't you think they do. No? I, maybe, maybe on YouTube, but not on like Spotify or anything that I've ever found. Oh, interesting. You'd think someone would want the money from that. Well, even that's just like at a record store flipping through and I happened to see that and it said Bowie and Nine Inch Nails of Equipment. And you're like, live. Mine. Yeah, I might as well. And it wasn't that, it was like 20, 25 bucks. I was like, yeah, I'm grabbing it. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Okay, then let's move on to song number four, Ashes to Ashes. Oh my God. Okay, so this is just about the music video. As a kid, I absolutely hated it. I don't, I've never seen it. Uh, he's kind of dressed up like a clown, but it's like a one of those weird ones with the big puffy buttons down the shirt and the weird like triangle hat. It just made okay. me feel super uncomfortable. Uh, he kind of looks like a like a clown tin man, I guess. Um, it's fine now, but every time I hear hear this song, I think of that and I kind of get a little spine shudder just a little bit. It's <laughs> it's residual, you know. Um, but speaking of the song itself, man, those bass snaps, whew, the punctuation it adds is just pleasing and fabulous. I love it. Oh, I love it. You could just rip that string right off, right off the, off the body. Little pop. Oh my God. Eventually I'll figure the word out. The body. Yeah. The body of the bass, right? Body of the bass. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, this is probably one of like, this is one of those Bowie songs that like, cause you know, if you ask people like, Oh, what Bowie song do you know? And they'll probably say like, you know, like space Odyssey or uh, like Starman or something along the lines of that. This yeah. is another one of those songs that I, I think people would still say, but probably not as much, but it's still a pretty uh, famous song too. So it's pretty recognizable right off the bat. Uh, Perfect oh, circle yeah. did a really good cover of it as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, it only live version though. I think I don't think it was um, an album, but anyways, the song has very strange instrumentation, and obviously it's a it's a, it's it's very spacey sounding, and it makes a lot of sense considering uh, we're revisiting uh, Major Tom, the astronaut from like a decade prior. So I mean, again, mm -hmm. show back to uh, Space Odyssey. So yeah, no wonder it sounds so spacey and like plinky is the best word I can think of to possibly use. Brought him into the '80s, and this is what we get. So it was still pretty neat, though. I don't hate it at all, like the instrumentation. Um, now I, I don't know a lot about David Bowie at all, aside from, you know, the songs that I hear on the radio or just sort of the more popular ones. Uh, so this might be a dumb question. I don't know. Um, but like you said, space already re references major Tom, but is he a running character throughout multiple albums or is it just like a collection of albums that create some sort of story or is this just a one-off? that you know of kind of a one-off uh, i think there might be a couple mentions and i know even in the last album black star uh the music video for black star had a reference it just showed up like an astronaut uh, skeleton like on a 
planet and this alien approaches uh-huh. it and it's supposed to be major tom yeah. uh so there is definitely like callbacks throughout the discography but i don't think there's one long continuous story happening it's just kind of like keep touching back on it when you feel like it because obviously that character okay. kind of set boy's career in motion okay yeah because hearing it here i'm like huh I, I i didn't know if it was like a you know a trilogy or or something like that so but um, i I really like this song regardless. If I remember correctly in this, I could get some of the details wrong on this. Uh, what Bowie had said about the lyrics of this song was, yeah, it was a callback to major Tom. And it was like a decade later. And he, like, he was like stuck out in space and the, the space mission realized like they, they didn't need to send him in the first place. So they're just kind of trying to brush him off and telling people to like, Oh, get on with your lives. Don't worry about it. Blah, 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 whatever. And oh. uh, it's kind of like, uh, he's referenced to be a junkie in this song but and apparently he's just kind of like he's kind of high on the idea of space now and being there and never wanting to go home yeah uh i I don't know it's like a weird thing to explain but i was reading some of it not too long ago so uh, anyone who knows better than me can tell me but so yeah there is still a major tom story but other than that i don't think it continues beyond this okay interesting because yeah just listening to listening that i'm like so he's a junkie now. And then I just thought a heroin junkie. I was like, that makes no sense. There's well, no heroin in although space. Although that, that was also a reference at some point too. So oh. hmm. not too far off. Huh. Bowie was in his uh, heroin days right now. So I mean, it made uh-huh. sense. Gross. Um, but yeah, I also made a note about the pop bass too. Very smart choice. Out of the song just adds some really cool color and attitude to the track. So you can really appreciate it. it. And also wearing headphones too. I realized, like, I don't really think I've listened to this album in headphones before. So is it, it's always like a new experience for me. And like, you really appreciate the layers of the song and like where they sit in the mix. The song feels full in its production without really, really feeling like it. So I don't know. It gave me that much more to appreciate about like the overall production of the album and not just the song itself. Uh, speaking of the production, I enjoyed the speaking underneath the singing. It like feels sultry in a weird way. It's like he's whispering in your ear while you're listening to the song. You're like, oh, okay, what's it going? And I don't know. I, I really like that. Usually you um, hate it. <laughs> pardon? Usually you hate it. Well, I, I like this song, so I don't know. It, it just, it feels, maybe it's the combination of other uh, pleasurable sounds in the song that just sort of add to it rather than uh, clash with it. Um, but the obvious intangible hook that the previous songs lacked, this one has in spades with the entire chorus. It's just so memorable and it's funny because uh, if you've listened to this show before, you know that uh, I am a secondary guardian to two teenagers. And it is always very weird when I hear older songs coming from one of their bedrooms and I'm listening to going, oh my God, like they're listening to this. They were lit, like one of them was listening to this song and she's sitting in the living room going, it's just, uh, she's like, oh my God, this is awesome. Uh, I was so pleased. (laughs) I won't make assumptions, but uh, maybe she found it of her own accord and that's great, but I wonder if the song's ever been like sampled in a track that maybe they had heard maybe. and then they she like went back to the sample, I guess. Maybe because I've heard this like this song, not any uh, rework of it um, here. So uh, whatever it is, if it gets the uh, the older sort of songs to the newer generation. Fuck yeah, I'm down for it. 
Well, I guess it's not too impossible because I guess like even when I was a kid, my, my parents thought it was impossible that I was getting into their music, you know, like granted, it was the only music I had when I was like a right? like, single digit age. Right. I, yeah. I didn't have my own CDs. I wasn't able to explore myself until I started watching much music. So of yeah. course, I'm going to start liking your music. But like kids these days have way more freedom in discovering music. Like you can hear your parents stuff, but like most kids are born with phones in their hands now. So like you can hear anything and everything right away. Yep. Oh, yeah. So the fact that you can go back to older music, I guess it's a little more impressive than us finding it when we were kids. Yep. I yep. listened to and Russian David Bowie. Great. Because you grew up on it for like seven or eight years before you discovered corn. Yeah. 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 I, um, I definitely grew up listening to country music because that's what my grandparents listened to. Then started listening to radio alternative and then finally admitted that the rush my dad was listening to wasn't as uncool as I thought. And now I will own it. I will own it and wear it proudly. There was a period in my like my late single digit and like my early preteen years where like I tried to distance myself from all that because I was just kind of like, no, I want to find my own music. I'm cool yep. now. And then oh, yeah. like in my early teen years, like I came right back. I was like, well, I can like this stuff. And the stuff I grew up with, there's, there's nothing saying that I can't. Yeah, exactly. Okay. We'll move on now. Song number five, before we just do too many tangents, uh, <laughs> fashion. And, um, the first note is directed at you specifically. It, it says Savannah, if any song on this album gets a danceable score by you, this needs to be it. Um, I didn't have, a, I didn't put any scores here, I but noticed. my first line or my first note is, I would totally strut down a New York street dressed like a stereotypical pimp to this song. Oh, you're going to wear like a zoot suit and shit and get the big <gasps> fluffy hat. Oh, yeah. And, that, and that coat, that coat is going to be like a, uh, a royal purple with, I, I don't know, spotted white fur, you know, stereotypical completely. And, and also you need the bitches behind you to like lift it from touching the ground. So like they got to like walk behind you, lifting it off the ground, like you're royalty. <laughs> Yes. Well, you don't I, want I didn't, I your, didn't have your, that part. <laughs> your fancy cape cannot drag on the New York City streets, okay? Like, it needs to be lifted. I just figured that my four-inch platforms would do it for me. Well, for all I know, you have, like, a 20-foot cape that just dragged, like, a, a bride's veil or something like that. Like, it just goes, like, 20 feet behind you. Well, I mean, I didn't, but I do now. Just pin it up for five minutes while you walk down to Pizza Hut or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, coming back to, to uh, fashion for a minute, another short note I'll make too is um, recently uh, Trent Reznor did a cover of this song too. Uh, him and his oh. wife did. Uh, and it was it was really weird to hear Trent Reznor sing this song. Uh, this one in particular, but also it wasn't that bad. So it was pretty interesting. So I will say that uh, pretty neat. Uh, this song, very disco-ish, very, has very funky vibes going on all over yeah. the song. So this one, that's why I figured you would have like a danceable score to it. Uh, definitely. Um, so you're talking about uh, Trent Reznor. I have definitely seen the clips where he's playing keyboards for like a new wave sort of early 80s band. Hell yeah. Um, 30 and stuff and the Exotic Birds. That that was it, Exotic Birds. Um, him covering this song, knowing where he came from musically, doesn't seem that weird. <laughs> but it, at it, least to me, it's it's weird to see Trent Reznor in twenty twenty. Yeah, Man okay. Reznor covering this song. <laughs> yeah. That that felt a little weird to me. But like at the same time, I'm not gonna be pissy about it. Like I was just like, this is neat, and he's obviously like Bowie was his mentor for years. Yeah. So I mean, like, guy's gonna pay his respects. 
Uh, and what, what was I going to say too? Oh, yeah. I mean, Trent's covered like a lot of weird songs in his life. Like he covered a, um, a Joe Jackson song, gotta look sharp or whatever it's called, just called look sharp. And it's like young Trent in one of those, like in the 1980s with like one of those suit coats, but it's like very casual underneath and just like the <laughs> sleeves are rolled up and he's like dancing on stage. It was the weirdest. It, it's so weird to go back and knowing what I know about Trent now and then seeing that I'm just like, holy Christ, man, you, you had your beginnings. That is fantastic to know. Thank you. It's even if the whole song is on YouTube. It, the whole video is on YouTube. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I didn't have like too too many notes about the song. I was having fun with it. Um, there's the quietest pizzicato guitar happening in the course that I really like. It's one of those like subtle background layers that uh, do a lot for the track, even though it doesn't really stand out. But it's just one of those small little dumb things that I tend to notice. So yeah, that's cool. But then again, you notice the clicking. So whatever. Yes. Um, so I have a little more uh, notes than you, I assume. Um, speaking of noticing something, uh, there, the plucking guitar behind everything does a really good job at filling in any odd openings. And there's not a lot of time left where there's nothing happening. It offers so much, even in just the first two minutes of the song. The song runs, yeah, almost five minutes. <clears throat> so it feels like it takes the first two minutes and just duplicates it for the end, but it doesn't sound repetitive. It doesn't sound annoying. The only thing I didn't really like in this song <clears throat> was some of the song makes me cringe with the we're the goon squad and we're coming to town. Beep, beep. beep. I, I hate that. But if I look past it, it's endearing. It's, it's, it's kind of fun. Um, and uh, what else? Oh, I do have a question for you. Um, how are these guitars tuned? Is it called wonky or uh, backwards? Or there is just, there's so much unsettling about some of these guitar solos because it, does, it feels like they were done with a blindfold on. Well, if the, the book over there is to be believed, or the sleeve, I should say, I mean, Robert Ford being on guitar, he he was a guitarist way too far ahead of his time. Like he was so fucking experimental, like yeah. from the word go in King Crimson. And so like to carry that on through the decades and you hear like the weirdest shit in songs like this where he's like likely taking the lead on it. It doesn't surprise me. So if you hear this like weird, crazy dissonant shit and like crazy guitar solos that really shouldn't be there type thing, that's just him being him. And I really appreciate that kind of stuff because again, like, He's so far ahead of his time, like even like when this song came out, like it's still pretty good. It feels like a family reunion of like sixth and seventh cousins that didn't know each other existed, but they're all in a room just looking at each other awkwardly. That's how I feel like all those notes were chosen and very strange. Like in the in the grand scheme, you listen to it and you're like, OK, that's kind of weird, but like. It fits the motif. It fits kind of the idea. But when you just listen to it on its own, you're like, what the fuck is going on? This is wild. So we'll see how the second half goes. The first half, not too bad, actually. Yeah, it's a pretty fun record so far. I'm liking yeah. it. And this is also another great sing-along course here, too. Insanely catchy. Even oh, yeah. If, even if you find the beep beep weird part, like, uh, you find that part weird. You know what? It's fine to me. And fashion, turn to the left. Fashion, turn oh. to the right. <laughs> and it's really easy to remember fa 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 fashion. It's the song title. It's easy. Ooh, uh, fa, 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 fashion. Yeah. I like it. Great stuff. 
All right, moving on now to the uh, B side of the album, number six, Teenage Wildlife. Am I the only one who kind of felt like this song was going to turn into heroes when it started? <laughs> was it this song? Actually, I, I think I wrote that in the note. Yes, very first note. <laughs> as much as I like this track, I'll note that this feels like he's borrowing a lot from his track Heroes in this song, which was released three years prior. Yes, 100%. It's not quite, but it's that's the first song that popped into my head when I heard this for the first time. And... Um, just two more notes before I stop. Uh, if this album was a painting, it would probably be surrealist or abstract and a guitar solo before the two minute mark. Interesting. I like that one. That one was good. Not wonky at all. Well, considering they have Robert Fripp and Pete Townsend on the album, like you're going to get like a lot of extra guitar work. Uh, mm -hmm. Carlos Alomar, which, uh, Alomar, is that, I, I think that's his like actual guitarist name, who's also a very creative guy. Uh, has this piece in there. I don't know if Adrian Blue is on this album, who's one of my favorite kind of like wonky experimental guitarists. Uh, he was also, I believe, on this album. So you have all these guitarists and you, you, you have just and you're like a very influential musician, even at this point in your career. So you're going to have all these people doing crazy shit on your album. So you're, you're going to get stuff like that wherever you can pick it up. Do you think that you said this was his, what, 14th album? 14th album. So do you think that he has established himself enough by 1980 that having these guitars on he just kind of sits back he's like do what you want it's fine it's like you know what i'll take it it's it's all good i think the, a part of me says yes but then also bowie was quite the perfectionist for a long time oh really uh, like apparently making uh the young american album uh was very difficult because he was very like picky about what he wanted and oh. i'm pretty sure that was like a number of the albums too that he's made but so Maybe he had a good amount of trust in some of the musicians, but I think he also had an idea for what he wanted. So maybe they were, they did multiple takes of solos. He's like, no, try it like this. No, try it like this. But never told him exactly what to do. But he's just like, here's the template. Follow, yeah. like, stay in the lines, but do what you want inside those lines. Well, I guess you can't blame him if his name is the sole name on the album, right? So as it was for most of his career until <laughs> until my name in the video here uh, suggests. Uh, does anyone remember Tin Machine when he didn't want to be David Bowie anymore? No, uh, it was a very brief act in the late 80s, early 90s. They had two albums. It was kind of a super group. Uh, he tried something very different, didn't really work. So then he went back to being David Bowie. And then it worked again. <laughs> uh, to an extent, it never yeah. he never hit the peaks in the 90s that he did like in the 80s and 70s. Um, but yeah, Teenage Wildlife, uh, the, this great uh, energy to the beat as well. I like the choir background vocals and everything like that through the good amount of the track. Um, just a really appreciated layer to have in the song just to kind of fill up the background a little more too. Uh, the electric guitar that keeps popping up in the background does a lot for the song too. So this is mostly a, a fairly smooth ride without it. So it's good to have that like, you know, touch of life uh, because the song, not that it would suffer without it, but it definitely needed it. Yep. This is another song that I don't know whether it's just me or whether it didn't really have like a solid hook to grasp onto. Um, I know that it is seven minutes long, but it definitely felt it to me. Um, I don't think it really needed to be seven minutes long unless it was, oh, unless it was carrying out the album. The end of this song gives me, we're done here. Thanks for coming vibes. And I actually kind of like that um just the extended outro and then the fade out i was like okay the album's ending it definitely is not it's what track six only but it felt 
kind of long. Um, yeah. Bowie's way too much of an artist to let you go out that easy. <laughs> Fair. And the, Fair. the funniest part is that this starts side B. So, I mean, like a song that you think you finished the album starts the second half of it. Really? I, so I maybe this, this is the last song and then the next four songs are just encore. <laughs> I just figured that uh, that the so like side B was always served well by having sort of a more upbeat sort of maybe a single because it's kind of like, hey, come to side B, please don't ignore us. Um, but having this one open it, I was like, eh, it's not too bad. I mean, I did, again, didn't like how long it was. Um, but I do have a one positive and one question. Positive, I never properly appreciated a drum fill that goes left to right on the set and in my headphones, like on the speakers. I really like that. It feels like I'm sitting behind the, the set. It feels like some sort of VR situation. That was always cool. And there's a part in this song, uh, I do have to ask, at a certain point, does he just give up using real words? Like, do you mean like towards the end of the song when he's saying wildlife and just goes, wah? Uh, I think it is, it might be a line in the verse. Um, it does not sound enunciated at all like the melody like the vocal melodies there but i cannot discern a goddamn word i think it might be one or two lines and it kind of feels like by the end of the verse he's kind of like and he's kind of like getting tired but then it comes back and i can hear the words again so i don't know if it's just me or if that was the way it was he's very much into his art so i mean like he's probably just super feeling the performance and just doing what feels right with it i don't know yeah I, i'm not gonna super uh, sit here and super defend it or anything like that but at the yeah. same time it's just like i'm I, it wouldn't surprise me that he does stuff like that yeah he, it's, it's kind of like he can literally just he could like puke and fart into a microphone for 30 minutes and be like, oh, well, he's, he's, he means something by this. I'm just, he, he's, he's pretentious. I get it. He's trying to tell us something. <laughs> I'll buy it. Four million dollars. <laughs> and at the end of the performance, he hands the microphone off to one of the stage checks and they're just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to pay my rent this month. <laughs> I don't want to touch it, but I do want to keep this in my possession for a little bit. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I agree. The song probably shouldn't have been seven minutes. Uh, I, I, I kind of do like the wailing ending and everything like that. But mm -hmm. yeah, just probably didn't need to be as long as it did. I agree. Clearly. Okay, moving on now to song number seven, Scream Like a Baby. The Galloping Floor Toms, 100%. Much fan, big like. Great note right off the top. <laughs> <laughs> um... With me, I really like the verses in this track. Uh, yeah. Probably, probably more than the chorus. Uh, the lower tones match with like that single kind of guitar note being played through the end too. Is actually uh, throughout the entire thing, I should say, is uh, very pleasing. I do like the sound of it. And with the the chord changes on top of that one note, just makes it sound even better. I like it. Uh, the chorus isn't what I would expect from what the verses give you. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know because it sounds more intense in the verses, and then it just it, it sounds good, but it's not nearly as catchy. Uh, as some of the other courses, though, I will say that much. Um, it kind of feels like poetry spoken over, like, I don't want to say a stock music track, but it feels like the music was definitely written before. And then he's like, oh, I have this lyric. Let's just, mm, we'll grab that from the vault, throw the, the lyrics on the music. It definitely kind of feels like, um, I don't know, it, <laughs> it's funny because I wanted to say it sounds like 
I, I'm listening to an audio book because it's like a story, but I'm listening to it, but it's set to music. And then I realized when I, when I wrote that down that I was really just describing a song. But yeah, it, more it, or less, right? <laughs> yeah, it like it feels like I I guess my note verbatim without me trying to explain the damn thing. I would be remiss, it would be a remiss of me to ever say David Bowie's lyrics are boring or lack any sort of story. I may not know or understand the story, but there are many songs here that feel like he's reading a book. He he basically writes right? books for Yeah. Lyrics. And like I was skimming the lyrics and like we're not doing any um, song meaning or lyrical analysis or any stuff like that. But when it comes to certain things I hear in the song, I'm like, oh, I, I'm really curious. Like, is this just random mumbo jumbo like we've done sometimes where the lyrics are like, I have no idea what's going on. But you're reading them and it literally just re feels like you're reading a book. It's not like purposeful rhymes and stuff like that. It's just, it's relaying a story. And we don't like, I don't hear a lot of that. And I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, we- I'm we, so late to the David Bowie train, my God. A little bit. Yeah, you even missed the man's <laughs> life. Right? Um, It's just funny to hear you say that though, considering how much you didn't like Bob Dylan doing it. Yeah, but he's annoying. He's not I don't like his, his voice is annoying. The way he writes the songs is annoying. That's not true. At this all. sounds He's fine. got a good song structure. Well, that's fine for someone who will listen to his voice. I that is not my thing. And I'm okay with people saying they don't like Getty Lee of Rush because it's like, oh, I don't like the tone and I don't like this. And like, that's fine. But you're allowed to hate it. And I'm allowed to hate Bob Dylan, but prefer his son. <laughs> Even though he just sounds like a, a much more tired version of Bob. Like he doesn't have like the breathiness and he's got some yes, rock music behind it. And it's not that much. Like like uh three Marlenas and one headlight alone, those songs just sound like Bob in like a like a smoker's voice. Yeah, but the music's good, so it makes the makes the vocals. I better. turn the engine, but the engine doesn't turn. <laughs> okay, so it's gonna be an extra video. It's gonna be a debate. Bob Dylan versus the wallflowers. Bob Dylan wins every fucking day. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, if you want to talk about like storybook, like uh, uh, David Bowie lyrics, the one the, off the top of my head I can think of is from his Diamond Dogs album. Uh, the song's called uh, We Are the Dead. And it's just like, it just keeps going and going. And I don't think any like, there's no like verse course or anything. It's just like one long, like two long verses, I should say. Like incredibly yeah. long verses. So you, you feel like that storybook stuff, just listen to him go off in that one and the music's really like kind of foreboding in that one too so it's pretty interesting um but yeah for for this one i only have one more note uh i really dig the heavy use of the tom drums and the chorus which is i, th I think you already mentioned like the galloping Hell yeah. gives it a much fuller feeling especially since most of the chorus is like higher tone sounds for the most part so it's just that nice filling layer to have in the background i definitely agree um i really like the vocal manipulation by tape it is kind of refreshing because I don't think I've really heard that before outside of like a heavily digitized song. So hearing an analog version of something that, you know, they stretched the tape, they did some sort of manual manipulation to it. I find that super interesting and it was a cool choice. And I'm really glad that they didn't, that he didn't do something 
like that again. It was just this one instance and that's it because it makes it stand out that much more. And I didn't get tired of it. Um, not a fan. I am not a fan of how this song ended. It's like someone that leaves the room and says, I'll be right back and never does just walks out the front door and goes home. And that's it. And I was like, ah, I wanted more, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm still a little unsure if I like the song as a whole. There are little bits of it that I was um, pleased with and I enjoyed. But as a whole, I think this one will take a little bit, a couple more listens than some of the others for me to kind of really grasp. That's essentially how I felt about it for a long time. Like the yeah. part, I, I like the verses a lot. Not super huge on the choruses. I enjoy the song, but I'll tell you right now, it's not the top of my list. So, I mean, I'll just I'll leave that there and we'll find out where it ranks a little later. All right, moving on. Song number eight, Kingdom Come. I'm going to be honest. I don't have much for this one. Um, it does sound sort of nice and poppy so far. Um, again, I can always honestly say I have no idea what is going on. And I don't even know if there's a chorus. Is it when he sings, I won't be break or I won't be breaking no laws? Is that the chorus or am I completely lost here sometimes it's hard to tell in the <laughs> so sometimes hard. i don't think uh like verses and choruses are necessarily like written to be in mind yeah. you just kind of like structure the song one way and if it happens to sound like it it does and i think that's kind of how he goes just like let's let's have this flow and see what happens with it okay yeah i don't know sometimes it's really hard to point out what i think are courses are like pre-courses or just extensions of verses or something like that just, just like guesses <laughs> like for the longest time i don't know why but for ash stashes when he says I i'm happy i hope you're happy too for some reason i always thought that was the course when it's clearly oh. not though yeah because yeah. that is the most memorable refrain in the entire song yeah like it's it, you don't have to know any other word of the song but you just know i'm happy hope you're like it's just it's so easy to remember that's why so that's why it's hard to know where he puts some of these things yeah um this song has a good flow to it uh it's another one of those like more straightforward sounding tracks like we've uh, kind of heard a, a little bit of already uh the, yeah, actually i did mention the chorus or the lack of because i said there's a lack of good catchy course in this one so it's yes. hard to pinpoint like a memorable moment of it um, and the last leg of the track feels like it, uh, it has something of like an energetic buildup going towards it. So I like that, but unfortunately it didn't really lead to much. So again, mm -hmm. nothing to, for me to really pull from in this song. Uh, I agree. Uh, I just have two more. That might be the longest four minutes I've ever experienced. And uh, yeah, I uh, didn't care much for that one. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, that is all. All right, then. <laughs> oh god if i'm not dying over here oh god song number nine the penultimate track because you're young <laughs> spooky chords i like it and i like the organ great timing i i, I mentioned the organ and I, I was wondering if you'd have something similar but i'm guessing maybe you don't because what well, my notes says the organ and slash synth really makes this feel like an elvis costello song <laughs> uh this this might relate my third note and the sparkles behind the chorus, nice. <laughs> I guess kind of, but there's something about the tone of the organ and the way it was yeah. being played, especially which is like the ding, 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 ding. Like yeah, yeah. It reminds me of an Elvis Costello song. Ooh. I'm not even that big in Elvis Costello, but just say, I can't remember what song I'm thinking of. I don't really know the names of his tracks. Like Pump like, It Up is the only one I know. Well, that one too. And there, <laughs> there, there's another one too. I just, I can't name them more shit. Yeah. Um, 
this song started out by sounding like Kingdom Come, in my opinion. Uh, but I do like the slower halftime beat that you get in the verse. It makes it sound like a lot more interesting to me. So it had that much going for it at the very least. The bait, I'm just going to say this a million times, and it just overarcs the entire thing. The bass and the guitars here are pleasing more the bass than the guitars, but the bass on this entire album, sick. And that's exactly how I wrote it. I love it. The bass player on this album, uh, credit first-hand info. Uh, George Murray is the bass player, and it looks like the only bass player as Ooh. I can see. I am going to Google this, uh, sir, and see what else he's done. Yeah, because he might have well just been like a studio musician. Uh, He is just straight up David Bowie's bassist. Oh, really? Uh, He is best known for his work with David Bowie on a number of Bowie's albums released in the 1970s. So... Yeah. I was going to say, because later on, I think there was a black woman who ended up taking for, for bass. I don't know how long she was a bass player for, but yeah. I remember at the tribute show, uh, like after he had passed, yeah. um, uh, she was there and like a lot of the original band members were there. So I think she was part of the band for a while, but I could be completely wrong. I have no idea. Uh, George Murray was the bassist until this album. This is his last appearance with David Bowie. And you are correct. Uh, he played alongside drummer Dennis Davis and guitarist Carlos Alomar. So they're a tight-knit group that uh, backed them up. So, I mean, you could tell they really riff off each other really well. They are not strangers. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, working together that long. And, like, Bowie was – he's kind of like Frank Zappa in a way where he was, like, very particular about who he wanted to work with. Uh-huh. Uh, and, like, you, what you brought to the album was – far more important than what you can do on your own yeah so like that's probably why it worked better that way um i do i do say that i i feel like the uh, the verses are far better than uh far better executed than the course in this song as well kind of like the, the previous song uh mm-hmm. the refrain's catchy enough but the verses just feel more fun so like that's kind of what i got out of it at the very least yeah uh, it's another track too that like felt like it was building some towards something big at the end but never really had that satisfying payoff so it's just like that's two songs in a row we're approaching the last song so yeah. you, you got to give me something spoiler alert like it doesn't necessarily have that huge payoff in the end but it's not terrible but we'll get there in a minute uh, felt very long in the second half, was really just waiting for the parts to change up or something. So maybe that's the, the waiting for, you know, the payoff. Um, it did immediately become less exciting than I wanted it to be. And um, <laughs> my last verbatim, oh, damn it. Good stuff was happening before the song faded quickly. You got the guitar coming in there and it's riffing a bit, a bit. song over. You're like, yeah. oh, man, I was, I was liking that. Damn well, at least that's not how the album ended because it could be a lot worse. That's oh, how it ended. It's just like, holy shit. Like, you, yeah, they ran out of money and time and just had to end the album quickly. Oh my God. That would have blue balled the world doing that. What was the next album after this? I don't even remember. Once it gets into the 80s, like, that's when my uh, Bowie discography gets a little fuzzy. So I don't even know. Uh, nothing. I don't think it was Let's Dance. I think that came later. But regardless, uh, I guess we'll just move on now, anyways. You know, I'm looking it up. It is okay. That is released 1983. Let's dance. Yeah. That was the next album. Yes, it was three years later. I guess he was touring for a while then. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well then, yeah, that would have been a long blue ball then. And then you get uh, let's dance, which isn't a terrible album, but it's not one of my favorite Bowie albums. I'll say that much. 
good song though. Uh, so song number 10, we're at the finale of the oh. album. It's no game part two. I told you we'd come back to this. Okay. My first note, all capital letters, finally a part two that actually bookends the album. It is, it starts immediately as if it's the opposite of part one, because part one had the, had the uh, intro, then the bulk of the song, this one, bulk of the song, then the outro. Oh my God, this is so goddamn satisfying. First song, last song. Oh my God. Oh my God. Finally, it took 85 records. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that, uh, oh, I love that he managed to do that. He could have ended it anyway, but he actually like properly book, uh, bookended oh the entire thing. <laughs> Finally, uh, it, it is an immediate pickup from where we yeah. left off in part one, except for like the trailing off guitar and him yelling, shut up. Uh, <laughs> th this like a, picks up immediately into like like verse and vocals like right away. It's far less unhinged this time. Like uh, this actually feels like the yes. album's truly winding down at this point, because like if you can bring back the first song, but you're not as crazy as you were the first time. This mm -hmm. shows that like you're, you're kind of at the end for like we're wrapping things up here. Yeah, definitely calmer than the first. Uh, I don't recall any voice cracks or yelling or anything like that. It was no, just it was all pretty of, clean. Yeah, it was very smooth. It was uh, it was like literally sailing on a boat on a clear blue sky. There's no roughs, no Did nothing. You shut up with your yacht rock stuff. I swear to I God. Love it. Oh my God. So side side note, um, I mentioned that to uh to my partner yesterday because we were at the grocery store and you know what grocery store music sounds like, right? Yeah, like Daylight FM. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're listening to a lot of uh, like Chris Christopherson and stuff. So Sarah McLaughlin. I right, well, less her, but more more the seventies yacht rock. And I had mentioned to him, I'm like, you know, I think I might be kind of dwindling down on like the heavy metal and the hard rock. And he's like, yacht rock. I said, yacht rock. There's just something about it that just pleases my soul. I'm, I'm not down there yet. for it. Mm, I'm not you there will. Yet. When you buy your first pair of loafers, oh, you'll be there. Ooh. I, I have uh, I have orthopedic uh, slippers in there, so I'm getting close. <laughs> One sole is like two inches taller than the other. Sometimes it feels that way. Oh my now, lord! Yeah, I, I I'm like I, I'm getting into uh, like I I don't even know what to call it. Like I, I'm getting back into a heavier phase than I was for a while. I've been listening to uh, more bands that are like a little more punky, a little more metal, like uh, Idols and Spotlights. And really enjoying that. So I feel young again. All because I went to go see Alexis on Fire. I feel young again. <laughs> I, I feel young when I listen to bands like America and the Carpenters. So I feel Jesus like an infant. I feel like an infant. When you were eight, were you actually like 58? Holy shit. <laughs> no, I was eight. Can't you do math? Shit. Not with those musical tastes. You <laughs> God, when you were 10 years like, oh my God, take it to the limit. And, oh, I like this song. Shut up. Well, I was walking around singing uh, Lion Eyes by uh, by the Eagles. So. Oh, wasn't it also Lion Eyes from Blessed Week with a tragically hip, too? Quite possibly. Uh, well, okay. That's the pun, yes. But this one was Lion Eyes, like eyes that are telling you mistruths. Oh, Lion Eyes. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Lion Eyes. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, this one, obviously, as we've already said, it's a lot more chill atmosphere 
uh, for this one. I like it. That's what made me like it probably more than the first part. Uh, it's much easier and fun to listen to. Um, and my only other note was like the, the sound effects at the ending. I was like, was that like a popcorn machine or something at the end? <laughs> what am I listening to? Is like, is that rain on tin? Is it popcorn I'm... popping in like a uh, like a pot or something like that? Like, it's a strange idea to end the, end the album on. But as you've kind of already mentioned, it does kind of like bookend the entire thing. So it's at least consistent. So I'm not mad about that. We're all good. Um, I, I thought, or uh, like my first thought was, uh, it was like the tape running out on the reel and the tape just flipping as the reel keeps running. But it's running. still somehow recording. Yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe someone was recording it on their cell phone. Who knows? In 1980, one of those big bricks. Why not, right? Yes, their car phone. And they only last like two minutes on a charge. It's like, okay, I got to charge for 13 hours now. I got to go. <laughs> you know, the, the lengths that they took to record this album is just wild. I didn't look up how much it cost to make this album, but if it was expensive, I'll believe you. <laughs> I'm making it up, but I really like the song. I, uh, yeah, there's just something about it sort of mimicking or playing off the first part. I guess really my only criticism uh, you had already touched upon on the first one. So I wanted to reiterate it on the second. Not really sure why both parts needed to be over four minutes. Does this mean if this was one song, it would just be the same stuff for almost 10 minutes? Um, yeah, you just, just, you just hear him calm down generally, like more and mm -hmm. more as it goes, right? I'm just glad that it was separate. It just, I don't know. I uh, I sing praises of this one. So This I is like an it. actual sandwich here. It's two slices of bread that are very I, similar to each other. I absolutely love it. Uh, that, uh, doing that, oh my God, it took 85 episodes for somebody this must have happened before. It, it's had to have happened. Before. We've done a lot of episodes <sighs> by now. Come on. I know ones that are just pretty much a uh, a, a mimic of of each other. You'd have like a part one and a part two, but the part two is like an extension, so it kind of sounds like it. It 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 has the fragrance of part one, but not the substance. This one has the fragrance and the substance, and I it is so pleasing smell and vision here yeah You're stop me before i continue bringing all the senses in well i can stop you because that's the end of the album actually 10 songs that's all it is because it's the 80s so you never get albums that are that long anyway so hey you know what thank you very much for making it all the way to the, the end of this uh part of the review if you indeed didn't make it this far uh let us know what you thought of this album down in the comments below did you listen to it what do you like about the songs everything like that we want to hear your opinions as always that's part of the whole musical commentary discussion thing that we want to do but guess what you can tell us even more about this album because we got to do the next two parts now which is of course the next part ranking the song so above our heads boom graphics have changed there are names there are numbers there's about to be more names song names to be specific because now we got to take all the songs in this album on each side her side my side and decide which is the worst to best least favorite to favorite uh not so great to great whatever you want to rank it as that's what we got to do 10 to 1. i have zero faith that we are going to get any songs matched you, you've been and pretty good have... you've been pretty good at guessing yeah. this too eh? yeah we have a a pretty good run um there was no point that i thought oh yeah like maybe we'll match this one even hearing what you have to say oh, we are going to be one off of each other it's going to be something stupid but i don't think we're going to get any matches if we get one awesome i was wrong in the best way but i i don't see any obvious match at all 
I was thinking at least one because as I, I was doing like my little marking thing as we were talking here and I, I got some question marks and some of them are like a little more uh, I feel a little better about than others. But yeah, if we if we don't get, if we get zero, it'll be the first time in five episodes we haven't gotten any matches. That's messed up. We haven't, got, like, we haven't had a zero since Public Enemy and that was that was 79. That is awesome. But I feel mm, I hope that I'm wrong. I hope you're right. And I hope I'm wrong for once. Russia. Pushing down on me, pushing down on you. Let's B tier this. Okay, <laughs> so let's get ranking songs if we got to do the album part later. Please put uh, that in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just going to stay right there. It's probably going to go in the best of somewhere. I don't know. Song number 10, it's no game part one. Uh, Number 10, Scream Like a Baby. Scream Like a Baby. Number nine, Kingdom Come. God damn it, you were right. Kingdom Come. Oh, that was one of my question marks. That was the one I was thinking about, too. Shit. Cool. Okay, there's a streak. It continues. Oh one God, of the longest we've so had. Good. We're doing so well. Uh, well, not this one. Number eight, Screaming Like a Baby. Number eight, Because You're Young. Because you're young. Because you're young. I want to be. <laughs> because, I don't know. That's all that was in my head reading the song title. Close enough. Close <laughs> enough. Uh, I mean, speaking of which, number seven, Because You're Young. Number seven, Teenage Wildlife. Please tell me your number six is that. Teenage Wildlife. Uh, no, it, it is not that. It's actually number six. It's no game part two. Number six, Scary Monsters, parentheses, and Super Creeps. That's too long. I'm just going to put Scary Monsters. Number five, Fashion. Oh, my God. Two matches. Number cool. five, Fashion. All right. That's even better than both of us anticipated. Check mark. Doubly wrong. That's fine. Number four, up the hill backwards. Number four, it's no game. Part one. Game PT one. Uh, we have one more match we can get. I doubt we're getting it. I highly um, doubt it as well. Number three, teenage wildlife. Number three, it's no game. Part two. Just barely adds it out. <laughs> Edges it. Oh, that's what I meant to say. PT2. Uh, this is where we're going to drop it. Number two, Ashes to Ashes. Number two, Up the Hill Backwards. Because uh, just for the one you were saying, like, oh, yeah, I definitely know this song. I love this one. It's like, oh, that's going to be your number one then. Yeah. Uh, number one, Scary Monsters and Super Creeps. Number one, Ashes to Ashes. Up the Hill Backwards, though, I honestly didn't think that it was a single or anything, but the more I listen to it, I'm like, I could see myself listening to this and i'm like it has to be a single if i can see myself listening to this often well we got two uh matches that's more than either one of us thought and you're usually pretty you've been good so good at guessing you said zero this time we ended up getting two anyway i am very proud to be incorrect this time that is uh what technically six episodes now in a row that we've actually had a match That's, that's pretty crazy like the the pressure is really on for real this time oh my god because it it I know that when we have, or if we have a list where there are no matches, I will be to blame because I should have made my list better. So all the pressure is riding on me. And you know what? I'm willing to take it. Let, let's go for 10. The, the, the pressure is always on you. It's never on me. I, I know it's terrifying. <laughs> I run the boat. You just have to agree with me. I'm the captain. You're the first. Whatever the hell. I, I don't know the names of the animals. I'm responsible for maintenance and fuel. Uh-oh. <laughs> All righty then. Well, I mean, two matches there. That's good. Now let's Ooh. see how closely we can match the album. We're going to rate the record now. So let's transition screen to find out. Swish. 
Alrighty then, the album rating screen, here it is, as per always, all these albums here, and I mean, uh, we were doing good in the first part of season five, where there was like a bunch of A-tiers, and now it's just been like B+, B+. It's It's been a pretty high season altogether. We're at an average yeah. of like 79 or 78% right now, so it's one of the highest average seasons we have so far. Someone said get good, and uh, we we kind of tried. We're so. getting gooder, okay? We're, getting gooder. We're, not, we're not great, but we're getting gooder. <laughs> Uh, and we got to find out how much gooder we can get because uh, today we have to add David Bowie in his album. David Bowie in his albums, Scary Monsters and Super Creeps. I got to add that voice to the Pantheon now. Oh, Lord. David Bowie. It's just like it's, it's, it's a voice that doesn't even make sense at this point. Yeah, maybe that's why I couldn't understand some of those uh, lyric lines. It's just a crystal and nothing more. But if you turn it this way. Anyways, we got to find out where this album's going on our tier list because uh, that's just, you know, part of the show. This is what we got to do. It's the title track, just like Scary Monsters is. So, what's your score, Savannah? Oh, my God. So, I will preface this uh, while wasting time that, like I said at the very beginning, I have not listened to an entire David Bowie album. I remember listening to Changes Bowie with my dad in the car. Changes! It's like, that was literally the only thing that I've heard, like, in its entirety, plus the singles or whatever I'd hear on the radio. So having listened to this whole album, I came out with 76.20. 76.20. I had zero expectations, so I'm going to say that was good. <laughs> uh, f- fair enough. And um, I-, I do know that while we were uh, off camera for a minute there, you asked me if I had a guess for the album. Yes. Uh, I didn't want to tell you. Uh, I'll tell you right now, though. It was way off of what I was expecting. Oh, that was extremely high. <laughs> I was oh, expecting okay. higher out of you for shame. Excellent. So I, I, we were also right that I get to blame you for the B tier this album gets today because my score was 79.5. Why didn't uh, you just rate it higher then? Why are you blaming me? I What am I going to do? Do three points higher? Yes. You have to get gooder because now we're in a B tier. Once again, 77.85 is where this album falls. Yikes. Uh, but it is right above last week's uh, album, Tragically Hip but not as good as Cynic. There are a lot of ones that aren't as good as Cynic. There's a lot of albums not as good as Cynic on this list. I just like how everything we've done in like the last four or five weeks have been like in a very tight area. Yeah, yeah. Damn, like, oh. I've said it once before and I said it again, like, we've we've got to go back to Shuffle and just start getting season, T, season Ds on this, this tier list again. Just even it out a little bit. It's, kinda, it's too middle heavy. You pick know? another Megadeth album so I can fucking shit on it and put it in the D tier again. I miss doing that. <laughs> there are many albums that I want to do where I'm like, haha, I like this one. But it would crush my soul if you're like, yeah, D tier shit. I'm like, yeah, that's why I chose it. Ha ha ha. And then I then we finish recording and then I cry. So. Hey, you don't you don't get to feel that way because you already picked Kevin Gilbert and I didn't think that was all that bad. Yeah, well, I wanted you to like it i was kind of crushed but it wasn't i didn't i didn't terribly score it maybe we'll do weezer again who knows (laughs) we we might have to but uh, (laughs) i think anything's better than gratitude at this point all right well switching back to the screens now if i haven't already some at some point editing sometimes i just get tired of hearing us talking to switch it back up in the middle it doesn't really matter (laughs) anyways we're here now and i know that we are so hey uh, we are at the end of the podcast now uh a little disappointed that we have another b-tier album on our hands but hey what else did you expect from your favorite b-tiering ass host over here i mean that's just what we're doing right 
<laughs> Sven hides under her. She desk ducks forever. While she ducks off screen, I guess I'll just have to wrap things up now. So thank you very much for joining us today, hanging out and talking about music with us. But we want to know what did you think about this album? Where'd you rank the songs? Where'd you rate the record? Do you agree or disagree with us? Why are we wrong? Why are we right? I don't know. Regardless, let us know down in the comments below wherever you're listening, because there's comment sections everywhere. And don't forget to you can also let us know over on our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, threads, TikTok. We're all over there, rate the record podcast. All of that can be found at ratetherecord.say. All of that being the social media links I just listed, all the streaming links that we have, RTR Club, merch, requesting albums and stuff like that. Ratetherecord.say. Make sure you're checking that out. And uh, hanging out with us, uh, kind of. I mean, that we're not always live on the website or anything like that, but it's still kind of like hanging out with us. Yeah, and mostly it's Chris uh, because I'm not. I'm very erratic on uh, social media, so my be. Yeah, the vast majority of posts you'll see anywhere and everywhere are done by me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then I forget to log into the actual podcast uh, socials and then I'll just post as my uh, personal. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. And then I haven't gotten any new followers from it. So that's kind of sad, but it's, it's okay. Because, because you gotta like, you gotta use the brand to your advantage. You, you, you aren't a brand, right? The record is the brand. Yeah, I know. I'm terrible at branding myself. I mean, last time I did it, it hurt a lot. Oh, do you get like a big burn scar on your back somewhere? Yes. Are you a fucking cattle? <laughs> you, I have no idea where to go from this. It was just supposed to be a one-liner joke. <laughs> I, I will drag you to the depths of hell with it. Uh, yeah, so that is the end of the episode. So once again, thank you very much for joining us. RateTheRecord.ca. Remember, make sure you're checking us out over there. Uh, we're going to let you go, but just before we do, we like to give you like a little uh, sneak preview, a little uh, teaser of what to expect next week. Um, technically neither of us chose next week's album and it's not a request either. It's an anniversary album, actually. Uh, it's a band who revolutionized a genre in the nineties and the album that we're looking at again, it's an anniversary album. It's their most successful and prolific album to date. It's not that Limp Bizkit hot dog water, is it? No. Oh, thank God. It's $3 bill y'all. The one I mentioned earlier. So we can listen to friends going back, 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 back. <laughs> I'm going to retire. Today is my last episode. <laughs> I think one of the first TikToks I made for Rate the Record was actually a Limp Biscuit joke. <laughs> That's the best part. God, I got to bring it back from the circle. circle. We have to do like Significant Other or something like that. We got to do yeah. that soon. I don't care about chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water. I want to do Significant Other. You know what? Maybe that'll be one of my choices. That, that'll be the C or D tier. We'll see. Chris loves it. I, I, I don't want to do that. I retire. But anyways, I will choose Limp Biscuit. she says. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Well, Savannah has an entire week to make up her mind. You have an entire week to figure out what we're doing next week. So until then, go listen to some awesome music like Denver. And we'll see you again next Monday. Take care, friends. Bye. <laughs>